Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. Uh, We're all looking for ways to make an impact at work, but not all of us are skilled in visual design. A Canva helps you get your point across uh, simply and beautifully. It's easy to design Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos. You start with a designer-made template and customize it with your content. Uh, plus, add graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Whatever department you work in, Canva is perfect for any task. Sales decks, hiring docs, marketing brainstorms, employee videos, you name it. Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. This episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hears from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This is your boy, Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Welcome to Brain Stuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, Brain Stuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. Crossing the River Thames between the city of London and Southwark, the London Bridge in some form has welcomed travelers for two millennia. Yet, despite its longevity and fame, it even has its own nursery rhyme, what people think of as the London Bridge is often not the London Bridge at all. In fact, do a Google search for images of London Bridge, and what you'll probably see instead are images of the Tower Bridge, the famous Victorian Gothic structure with two towers, which, to be fair, is also a bridge in London. The actual London Bridge offers a much simpler profile, and while the current structure dates from the late 1900s, the story of the bridges that have stood on that site is considerably longer. Today, the London Bridge, Tower Bridge, and three others are all managed by the City Bridge Foundation, which has been operating in one form or another for some 900 years. It's a charitable trust, and monies not required by the bridge maintenance budget go to helping out Londoners in need via the funding arm, a City Bridge Trust. The City Bridge Trust donates £30 million a year in this way. Okay, the first stone bridge on this site across the Thames was built between 1176 and 1209 CE. It was replaced in the early 1800s, and then again when the existing bridge was built in the 1960s and 70s. However, even before the 12th century stone bridge, a series of wooden bridges had been constructed at the site, and the story of the London Bridge begins with a Roman invasion and the founding of the settlement of Londinium. It got its start as a military pontoon bridge built by the Romans when they were settling the area. For the next 2,000 years, the position of the bridge remained a nexus for economic development. Timber bridges on the site were damaged by multiple fires and a storm. A final wooden bridge, designed by Peter the Bridgemaster, chaplain of St. Mary Colchurch, was completed in 1163. 
Henry II commissioned the first stone structure, also designed by Peter, just a decade later. Slightly to the west of the Timber Bridge location, it was a simple masonry-arched bridge, and included a drawbridge. This version, now referred to as the Old London Bridge, was used as both a river crossing and a development site. For half a millennia, the stone bridge was home to around 200 buildings at any given time, including residences, shops, and a chapel dedicated to St. Thomas of Canterbury. It was during this period that the bridge was also home to a morbid display, the heads of traitors to the crown, dipped in tar and set on pikes at the bridge's southern gateway, including those of Scottish hero Sir William Wallace and King Henry VIII's chief minister, Thomas Cromwell, who we talked about in our episode on Humpty Dumpty, of all things. Uh, Charles II stopped the practice in 1660. Over the years, with so much development, the bridge became constricted, uh, not to mention the bathroom facilities dropped straight into the Thames, so the city started removing the buildings in the 1700s. As the London Bridge continued to be a major transportation route, even without its buildings, structural problems appeared. The arches deteriorated, and the bridge, which had experienced a variety of damage, was slowly sinking. By the 1820s, it was deemed structurally problematic. For the article this episode is based on, How Stuff Works spoke via email with Roger Hobbs, Emeritus Professor in the Department of Civil and Environmental Engineering at Imperial College London. He explained, Bridge piers are liable to damage from shipping and from the force of the river rushing through. This finished the life of the medieval bridge and probably earlier bridges. They also need maintenance before problems become serious or dangerous. So, a so-called New London Bridge was proposed, and it was completed in 1831. A Scottish civil engineer, John Rennie, designed the masonry stone structure, which was sturdier and highly engineered, uh, but he died before the design was approved. His sons constructed it upstream from the 12th century bridge, which was quickly demolished. Less than a hundred years later, in the 1920s, the city knew that renovation or reconstruction would be necessary, the weight of newfangled automobile traffic was causing it to sink slowly into the river. But this new bridge remained until the late 1960s, when it was finally replaced. But it wasn't demolished. Instead, the New London Bridge, built in the 1800s, was sold to one Robert P. McCulloch Sr., a chainsaw and motorboat magnate who founded Lake Havasu City, Arizona in the 1960s as a company town to test his motors. In 1968, he purchased the bridge for $2.4 million, plus shipping costs of an extra $240,000 to bring it to his new home, where he had it reconstructed above a man-made channel. Uh, Today, the city claims it's the most visited built attraction in the state, an important distinction for a place that also contains the Grand Canyon. The London Bridge of today was designed by city engineer Harold Knox King with architects Mott Hay and Anderson and William Holford and Partners. It was opened by Queen Elizabeth in 1973. The bridge features three spans founded on concrete piers and is constructed of concrete and polished granite, which isn't particularly striking, but is still a crucial roadway and a curious public space. The structure is similar to most overpasses in U.S. highway construction, and isn't generally somewhere tourists visit for its beauty, especially considering the historical architecture throughout the rest of the city. 
However, the London Bridge does offer an excellent location from which to take photos of the nearby Tower Bridge. Until Westminster Bridge opened in 1750, the London Bridge offered the city's only option for crossing the Thames. Today, it connects two vibrant neighborhoods. On the north side is the City of London, which is the financial sector, like Wall Street. To the south is Southwark, with the Borough Market, the Shard, and the London Dungeon. Even with its current important status in modern London, the bridge remains a site of tradition, uh, such as the 12th century right to use it to drive sheep into the city of London for sale. In 2013, 20 sheep crossed the bridge in a reenactment of the historical charter as part of a fundraising effort. This modern version is expected to last over a century. But technically, yes, the London Bridge has fallen down to some degree many times during its 2,000-year history. But where did the nursery rhyme London Bridge is Falling Down originate? It was first published in the mid-1800s, but it had probably been known long before that. There are a few prevailing theories about what event the song refers to, including an 11th century Viking attack, the 1666 Great London Fire, the rumored live entombment of a person in the structure's foundation, or even the ongoing issue of the bridge needing repair. No consensus has been reached regarding the identity of the fair lady mentioned in the rhyme either. One possibility is Eleanor of Provence, who was Harry III's consort and controlled London Bridge revenue during the late 13th century. Another guess is Matilda of Scotland, a consort of Henry I, who commissioned bridge projects more than a century earlier. It has also been suggested that it could be a member of the Lee family, who claim it was one of their relatives who was walled up in the bridge. Uh, rumors of immurement have never been substantiated. Really, it's anybody's guess. Today's episode is based on the article, London Bridge Has Never Fallen Down, But It Keeps Getting Rebuilt, on HowStuffWorks.com, written by Carrie Whitney. Brain Stuff is a production of iHeartRadio in partnership with HowStuffWorks.com, and it's produced by Tyler Klang. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.